Highway 401 to visit all the families and deliver the news in person. Everyone reacts fairly predictably. Her mom and stepdad in Perth embrace us, bring out the champagne and make a hallmark toast. My mother in the nation's capital is delighted. She says, finally, and immediately whips out her calendar and lists off dates that won't work for her schedule next year. Susie's gran, 93 years old, sitting in the kitchen of her son's house on the lake, says, that's wonderful, girls. Then in a low voice, have you told your father? Susie's father, sitting on the porch, looks up from the paper and says, is that right? And then goes back to reading the paper. When we tell his girlfriend, Anne, later that afternoon, she beams, embraces us, and starts to cry. He keeps reading his paper. I call my father's sister and her husband in Wales. Uncle Jack answers the phone. We talk about the weather for a few minutes, then there's a pause. He's clearly wondering why I'm calling since it's not Christmas. I say, so, Jack, I'm calling to tell you and Mary that Susie and I have decided to get married. There's another pause. He says, oh, right then. Well, I'll uh, go get Mary then, shall I? And he's gone. Passes the phone, passes the buck. Mary gets on the line and I repeat my news. Well, isn't that wonderful, she says. Tell me about that then. We've been hearing about Canada in the news. A few weeks later, we receive a happy engagement card with a Welsh postmark. It's funny, but as the word gets out, it seems that for a number of our relatives, our decision to get married suddenly allows them a whole new way to relate to us. Where there was previously silence around our relationship, not hostility, just a lack of acknowledgement, suddenly it's like, oh, you're getting married. Well, we know what getting married is all about. Oh, that's amazing, girls. I'm so pleased for you. Oh, really, have you chosen your colors yet? It's very important that you choose your venue in advance or you won't get the place you wanted. It's as if weddings trigger some sort of social reflex, a learned set of behaviors that override even discomfort or moral opposition. Suddenly we find ourselves receiving knife sets, cutting boards, and household appliances. One grandparent who won't come to the wedding because she doesn't actually approve of what we're doing still gives an engagement card and a gift. It's confusing, if heartwarming. We've both been out to our families for years, but suddenly our parents and relatives find themselves in a new position. The upcoming wedding makes our relationship public, where once they could choose to remain silent if they wished. The next summer, in the thick of wedding preparations, we hit the highway again to return to the lake.
My fiancé's young cousins come running up to us on the beach, four, six, and eight years old. They throw themselves at our legs, hugging our knees, dragging us into the water. We're coming to your wedding, bellows Stacy, age six, grinning from ear to ear. We exchange a pleasantly surprised look. Oh, so the cousins have been told. Come play rock the dock, yells Jimmy, age four. I'm going to be a flower girl, yells Stacy. They scramble up onto the floating dock. We stand by, ready to rock. So who are you marrying? Asks Andrew, age eight. We look at each other again. Oh, so the cousins have been told, but nothing has actually been explained. We're marrying each other, says Susie. But you're both girls, shrieks Stacy, giggling. Who's the boy? There is no boy, says Susie. We're two girls getting married. Ew, lezzies, shrieks Stacy, giggling again, turning to her brother for solidarity. But her older brother turns serious. Stacy, he admonishes, don't call them that. Why not, giggles Stacy. She laughs defiantly, why not? Andrew turns the question around, turns to us. Why are you getting married? He asks. Well, I begin, you know how the laws in Ontario have recently changed. Susie rolls her eyes. <laughs> because we love each other, Andrew, says Susie, and we want to be together for our whole lives. Oh, says Andrew, why? Well, just like your parents, I say. Why do you think they got married? Why are you getting married? Come play rock the dock, Why yells Jimmy. Yeah, rock the dock, yells Stacy, mouth still full of giggles. Why I'm not playing, says Andrew, wading into shore. Why are you getting married? After a rousing game of rock the dock, I collapse onto the beach where Andrew is building sandcastles with intense concentration. Nice castle, I say. Thanks, he says and looks up. So, what are you and Susie going to have first, a boy or a girl? Oh, I think to myself, a what a sweet leap of logic boy. you've made, little boy. A girl or a boy? Well, I say out loud, that's not the sort of thing you usually get to decide, but we would like to have kids someday. How come my sister Stacy gets to be a flower girl at your wedding and I don't? Well, you could be a flower boy if you wanted to, Andrew, I say. We'd love for you to be a flower boy. Does that sound good? Yes, he says happily. I think I'll wear my vampire cape. Perfect, I say. That would be awesome. If only choosing your outfit and having conversations about things you don't understand were as easy for the older generation. This trip back to the lake reveals that 93-year-old Gran is obsessing over her outfit almost as much as we are about ours, which we still haven't bought two months before the wedding. I can't wear dresses at my age, she insists, because I can't wear heels anymore, and without heels, a dress just makes me look too short. Gran, we tell her, we don't care what you wear. You're our guest of honor. You could come wearing a paper bag, and we'd be thrilled. A paper bag? It's a wedding. Don't be ridiculous. I don't know what I'm supposed to wear. I can't go shopping at my age. Everything looks too young on me. I suppose I have my cream blouse and slacks and I could wear my orange belt. All weekend, Susie's dad's girlfriend is full of questions about our plans. The decorations, the ceremony, the reception, who we're inviting. 
She seems skeptical about the 150-person potluck we're planning for the reception dinner. Only bring salad. What people only bring salad? Tom never asks anything. Just reads his paper, but you can tell he's listening. At the end of the weekend, Susie hands Tom a small stack of wedding invitations addressed with the names of several of his friends. I'd like to invite these people to the wedding, Dad, she says. I'll leave these invitations with you, and you can send them if you feel comfortable having them there. He accepts the cards, but says nothing. It's in his hands now, says Susie. I, I don't know what else to do. In the car on the way home, I say, I think we should ask your dad to speak at the reception. I don't know, says Susie. Of course I want to, but I don't want to make him uncomfortable. You should at least ask him, I say. We need a dad to speak at our wedding, and my dad isn't here to do it. Put the decision into his hands, just like the invitations. He can always say no. This, of course, is the risk we've been running all along. Getting married seems to be all about asking. Asking each other, asking our Quaker meeting to marry us, everyone telling us, you realize you'll be the test case. By asking, you run the risk of being turned down. A few weeks later, back at the lake, we go for a walk up to the hydro dam at the top of the hill, and on our way, the neighbors Ted and Sally are out gardening. They shout out, congratulations! Susie is stunned. Ted and Sally just said congratulations. Ev, that's Ted and Sally. This is the lake, Ev. This is one of the only ridings in Ontario who voted in the alliance in the last election. Back at the house, Anne tells us, well, I was there last weekend when your dad told Norman Janice. He said, hold on to your hats. I've got something to tell you. Susie's getting married to a woman. And no one fell off their seats. It was quite a moment, I can tell you that, said Anne. So we made the news at the lake. The Quaker meeting said yes. We finally found outfits. Susie's dad's friends got their invitations. Friends and relatives arrived from Wales, Africa, Vancouver, Missouri, Newfoundland, Pennsylvania, Winnipeg, California. Susie's mom and sister decorated the hall within an inch of its life. My brother wrote the most glorious piece of music. The weather couldn't have been better. The potluck dinner was fabulous. Andrew wasn't allowed to wear his vampire cape after all, but he did carry flowers, and all the little boys wore kilts matching their dads. And Susie's dad gave the best speech of the day, a speech that moved everyone to tears. Gran wore her cream slacks and her orange belt, and we got married. (laughs) 